You're just writing an advert to appeal to as many people as possible. And that speaks to no one. So I think what we need to do is look at the demographic groups and then and then say, address their needs, press their buttons. Tea with Toby, 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 tea with Toby. Hi, I'm Cameron from Smooth Digital and welcome to Tea with Toby, the show where we ask and answer the questions playing in the minds of the care sector's business leaders. This week's episode is sponsored by Everlife Technologies, and we'd also like to thank Google for allowing us to use their lovely podcasting studio. So as always, we're going to kick off the show with a few words from our marketing strategy director, Toby Ali Usman. Thanks for the intro. And for those of you that are new to the show, let me give you a bit of background. So Smooth Digital, our ultimate aim is to help care home businesses and home care businesses maximise their ability to provide the very best care in the community. Now, in order to do that, they need to grow. But we know there are a number of challenges that you care business leaders face. So we want this to be the place where we discuss the challenges, um, give solutions, and then you can walk away with some tangible tips to implement in the business right away. So on that note, I would like to introduce our guest for today, Neil Eastwood. So Neil, before we get into the meat of the podcast, could you maybe give us a little background about yourself and your expertise, just so everyone's filled in? Yeah, sure. So I've been looking at this particular area of recruitment and retention of care staff for maybe 12 years. And um, that was triggered by uh, working in a home care provider. I was a director of a home care provider with 10,000 staff. They had massive problems and I thought I should do something about it. And then if you fast forward about um, 10 years or so, uh, so a couple of years ago I wrote Saving Social Care because I just had so much data uh, and tips and ideas from around the world, uh, put that in the book. Uh, and then most recently I am working on uh, a startup called Care Friends. Brilliant, so we're gonna jump straight into it in Team Toby fashion. Now we are the marketing guys for the care sector you are the recruitment guy for the care sector. <laughs> so the first question I've got for you is, how can care businesses use marketing techniques to recruit staff? This is a, a that's a really good question. And I think, um, you know, you guys have a lot to bring to this because if you look at social care, we have not really had to market too heavily. Uh, and certainly if you look in the future and, and right now, demand, uh, customer demand is so huge, we don't need to spend a lot of money on marketing uh, and nothing on sales. So that's created a problem because we don't have the skills and experience in-house often to be able to use marketing skills. And I think what I've seen many years ago, I saw the transfer of marketing expertise like you have across to recruitment. And I think that's where we need to be. There's a couple of areas if I was looking to apply marketing to the recruitment process, I would say the first one is how we sell the job. And if classically we think between 50 and 75% of all the activity in recruitment sourcing is through uh, internet job boards. And the wording is really awful in many cases and we're just trying to appeal, it's called big net advertising. Um, and uh, Lee Davis in the US is a fantastic uh, uh, recruiter was came up with this idea. You're just writing an advert to appeal to as many people as possible. And that speaks to no one. So I think what we need to do is look at the demographic groups and then 
and then say, address their needs, press their buttons. So that's one area. Mm. Uh, and the second area, I think, which we really could do better on is candidate experience. Mm. So, so as an applicant, am I getting a, a good brand experience of that employer? And that sets the tone, if I haven't dropped out already, of, of what my expectations and my feelings are about that person. Do I feel valued? Was I responded to? Did I hear anything? And the danger is that if people are, for example, if I apply to you, yeah. you're too busy, you don't reply to me, you think, ah, he, he hasn't got the relevant experience or he's not going to go forward, but you don't tell me. And I live locally and my recruitment hinterland in care is about six miles. Yeah. Problem, because now I'm dissing you. Yeah. So I think there. there's two areas there. I mean, and, and you know, you'll have lots of input, I'm sure, in terms of the, you know, what, how you can apply the world you're in to some of those cases I gave examples for. Yeah. But I think, I mean, on the latter case, I would say, I tell providers, go on your phone, because that's how people are trying to apply now, and apply for your own job. Apply for a care worker job in your organisation, and how horrific is the experience? Yeah, and I think the advice about going on your phone is important. So one of the areas that I know a lot of people are trying to um, recruit using well, the tool that most people are trying to use is social media to recruit uh, care staff. And if they went on their phone to apply for a job, they'll probably be met with an application form. Now, the, thing, the reason why that's... It's not the best thing is because let's think about Facebook. People go on Facebook to just pass time, a bit of downtime, they're scrolling through. And then if they see an ad about a job whilst they're scrolling through their phone and they click through to an application form, it's a bit disruptive. Am I, am I really gonna be filling in this application form? Have I got a CV to upload? So there's a, there's a more clever way to do that. But you mentioned candidate experience. How can care businesses you know, get a better candidate experience? Well, I think, let's pick up on the point you just made, then don't shove, uh, if it's digital, more likely now, it's a digital kind of seven page application form before there's any relationship built up. Mm. So we certainly see in recruitment the most successful sources are those using personal connection. So there's some kind of connection with somebody who works for the company, employee referral being a great example, or um, you know, you've had a loved one that was cared for by the company. There's something, there's some already connection. If there's none, and I've applied on a job board and I'm looking like in a 50 mile radius for a job, and then the first thing I do, with no idea that your care company is any different to any others, I've got, I've got you know, just another competitor with offering roughly the same money, and then I'm hit with seven pages, I am not finishing that form. And in fact, we know that we did a test and that where there was a, a seven page form, and those people that completed page one, and that was a massively reduced number, by the way, take a deep breath, let's start on the journey, yeah. um, less than 10% ever completed. So yes, CQC, if you're in England, asks for um, a complete and full employment history and a complete and full application form. You, it's the timing of that that's the issue. Yeah. Do not shove it in someone's face. People don't have that time. I mean, it's, it's all about bite-sized information. We need to think about a few things we need to ask, and most of what's on a CV doesn't tell us anything 
about the suitability of that person to be a care worker. Mm. I would even say, so streamlining it down in terms of the fields you would include to name, email address, uh, telephone number, if it's a home care business, the postcode, and if they, just confirmation that they drive. Mm -hmm. If it's a care home, maybe you don't need those. And then request the call back. And then on the next telephone interview, gather the rest of the information. Just so on that first visit, when someone comes across the ad, they're not overwhelmed with, okay, let's put time aside to actually sit down and fill in this application. Because I, I was even remembering um, my younger brother when he graduated, so how's things going with jobs? He says, oh, I'm applying for jobs on Thursday at this time, put an hour aside. And sometimes people think about that. Some people think that way. I'm gonna apply for a job on this time and batch them all. So you wanna be the, the ad that when someone's scrolling through, it's, oh, I was gonna do it then, but it's pretty quick. Let me just insert the information here mm. and then move on. Now, uh, next question I've got for you is, Let's say a company has you know, a good flow of um, leads coming through in terms of recruitment. They're actually hiring staff, so recruitment is good, mm -hmm. but retention mm -hmm. is poor. What can be done for a care business to reduce turnover of staff? Okay, so you said recruitment was good, but actually recruitment isn't good because that's a large driver of why people are leaving straight away. All right, tell us So more. what you're talking about by good is good volumes. Mm. And good volumes are often bad news because that bogs you down processing lots of people that are half-hearted or, to your brother's example, I'm going to apply for more than one job in that hour. Yeah. So suddenly there's a glut of me out there and all the care providers... It's like blood in the water. They're going for you, and you're going to have then, uh, you know, a chunk of choices to go. Different interviews being offered. Probably 100%. the money's the same. You know, so you like, how do I choose? I mean, this is one of the we have a brand problem compared to say the NHS. Of course, so if one of those jobs was an NHS job, you'd be like, ooh, because if I work there, I tell my friends and my my mum, and she thinks, oh, you're an angel. Whereas you say, I work for ABC Care. Really? Yeah. So 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 we have. Um, there's a major problem in that kind of uh, recruitment space is where are we sourcing those people from in the per first place and we do know that if they have a history of family care care for a loved one or they were referred by uh, an employee or there's some kind of connection the drop-off is much less so part of the retention problem you described is actually caused by the pool of candidates that I've happened to choose in the first place right so that's point one the second point is What's that experience in the first very early period of employment? And, the, and I split retention into three areas and they get progressively more easier or less uh, of a problem. The first one is I give you a job offer, you still haven't come in, uh, I have to do a police check, DBS, I have to do references, you might go back to your employer as I'm going, they panic, counter offer, you have to give notice, that period when you're not, there's no relationship with me is a massive problem and we get about half drop out at that point. So I've made you a job, job offer and I'm planning in my care home on the rosters knowing Toby's coming, mm. suddenly Toby's not coming. So now I have to go to the agency and get somebody. Yeah. So that's one step, that's one chunk and there are interventions we can do to fix things there. The second chunk is from your very first minute walking in the door uh, induction training and the first 90 day survival rate is what we would measure in recruitment. That really decide you'll walk in on day one and decide 
is anybody smiling? We know about 20% of people who leave on day one said nobody smiled, they didn't feel welcome, I was told to sit in a chair and mind my own business because they're all too busy. Mm. So often we sell really well. In, in If you have a really good recruiter, they're account managing you, handing you, then you're handed over to operations and this is like a disaster because mm. they are not focused on Toby, Toby's first day. They're focused on all of the other things they have to do. Mm. Oh, we've got an inspection. Oh my goodness. So I think that 90-day survival rate, particularly looking at the first week and the first day, very important. And then after the first 90 days, things get a lot better. People who survive 90 days, yeah. job's right for them. Uh, and then you're really looking at longer-term interventions, like making sure they feel appreciated, because we can't just give them as much money as we would like to pay them. Mm. So touching on your point about quantity, I'm guessing that you think it's about quality. Definitely. So how can care businesses get more quality recruitment leads? Yes, so um, I would split them in any applicant, split them into two active job seekers who are being chased by everybody else. And often, um, because care staff uh, work very locally, unless they've moved, my question is, why are you on the market? Your employer better be pretty awful, otherwise you've walked away from your residents, people you support, you know, yeah. Well, interesting. Were yeah. you fired? Yeah. I'm never going to find out from a reference. So I'm, I think there's froth in the system of people that are moving around, yeah. job hoppers. So, so there's a question about the quality of active job seekers generally, and you do get volume, although that's reducing now, you do get volume, which means you're bogged down processing people, trying to call people back that never answer the phone. Yeah. They no show for interview. Um, so, so that's active job seekers. You need to treat them a certain way. And then there's passive job seekers. So this is much more exciting, and that's about 10 times as big a group in the, I'm thinking of a six mile radius around a care home or in a home care territory. Then those people, we need to go and find them in the community and say, Toby, you should not be doing the job you're doing. You would make a wonderful support worker. Mm -hmm. And it's that reaching them bit is the challenge. After that, if you've been selected for your values by somebody, example, an employee, happy days, because you're not being chased by any other employer, no one else knows about you, you feel connected, you you have a friend in the company already. So I think we need to think about the the sources as as active job seekers, they're in certain mentality, they're likely to be promiscuous as far as which job they take is concerned, so you will see dropouts before and after employment, early stage. And then there are passive job seekers, harder to find, much harder to find, but when you find them, oh my goodness, wonderful. So you have to mix, as a recruiter, the two different groups together, I would say. And where I'm seeing the world moving is much more towards the passive side because there are many people in the community who didn't think about social care, are busy doing something that either isn't what they enjoy or they're a retiree or, you know, that we need to tell them it's our duty to go and tell them, you should, have you thought about this? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much, that's the campaigns that we run. We, we a lot of people favoritize the job boards. Yeah. And I don't know if I've said this in the podcast before, but recruitment managers would prefer to respond to those people because it's less work. They already know about the sector. They already know, you know that you get paid between jobs or don't. Whereas <clears throat> the passive people, they need to be excited about the sector. They need to be told about what it entails. They need to be told about the company. They need to be told about the role. They need to be told about the career journey. It's a lot of work to do that. So I can, I can imagine, but I think to solve the crisis, 
it's instead of recycling the same batch of support workers, go out into the world and bring more people in. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is absolutely the right way to do it. And I think, you know, as, as the recruitment market tightens up and as demand keeps growing, you have no option. And actually, we think it's easy. I've been there, you know, placing those ads on a Friday night on Indeed and thinking, oh, inbox is full on a Monday, happy days. That bit was the easy bit. Yeah. The hard bit is trying to bring any of those people in for an interview yeah. and then keep them. So where do you want your hard bit to be? I'd rather picking people, uh, so that means like long-term marketing campaigns, it means outreach, it means don't get so bogged down by all of those half-hearted applications that you never leave the office, that you never build a relationship with the local hospice supporters group, that you never uh, engage in the community, that you, that you leave your employee referral scheme fallow, that you don't push that, that you don't encourage your staff to be out there. And if you think most care providers, unless they're very new on the block, have you know probably 50 staff maybe more those people could be out there recruiting for you mm. so, that's, just, so yeah. that's the perfect point for us just to take a little break so remember your question Tony. Yes, so <laughs> we'll be right back everyone see you in a bit toby we really need private paying clients into our care business we don't understand the world of digital technology digital marketing what should we do look that's the question we get a lot from businesses within the community. So what we've done is we've put together an ebook called the Care Growth Blueprint, which is a step-by-step -step guide on the marketing steps you need to put in place to attract private paying clients into your business. So download the ebook, the link should be in the description below and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back everyone and we'll jump right back in with Toby. Lovely. So really enjoying this and I like the I love the way it's practical and quantifiable. My next question for you is there are care business leaders listening right now and they've got so many things to think about. You know, they're trying to run the business, make sure their staff's all right, processes, systems, policies. When it comes to recruitment, if there was a pie, what percentage of time should be split between, do you think, should be split between job boards, referrals, social media or paid ads, and offline activity? So what percentage of their time should they break down referrals, offline, digital media or social media, and job boards? Mm, Time-wise, well, uh, I would say uh, my priority mm. would be to make sure my employee referral scheme was humming along. Mm. And so that, but that won't take me much time to do, maybe a quarter or a fifth of my, of my time, uh, just to make sure that people you know, it's, it's fun and it's engaging and so yeah. on. And that's, that's the world we're getting into with Care Friends is, is looking at how to make that more efficient. You really want a bedrock of about a quarter to a third, more if you can, but that's probably the, the limit of, of your staff, your new starters coming from employee referrals. So that would be a priority because that's the bedrock of high quality. And I think any other prioritization, prioritization will bring in applicants or starters that are more likely to leave, meaning back we go again to do more recruitment. So I would say a chunk on that, maybe, maybe 20%. Um, in terms of job boards, then I think there would be some work every so often to refresh my advert. So I would be on job boards because that's where active job seekers largely are. I mean, we'll come on to Facebook, you know, yeah. social media, you'll have a view on this, right? But, but so I would be 
very targeted with my ads and I would have tightened up my application process so that I am not wasting time on those people. So I would be quite cautious. So I'd probably be doing 25%. Probably, probably those two things would take up about half of my time. Um, then I think social media wise, from my point of view, it's still Facebook. And I think this is really exciting because we're, we're still, most care providers are very early stages. And you might need some external help to measure an A-B test, so test different images and uh, response mechanisms and so on. It's not expensive to use Facebook for recruitment advertising, and, and I think that the results are improving all the time. There's an element of referral and connection in it, but I would be thinking about campaigns. Mm. So, so then I'll take another chunk of my time on that. Um, if you're talking about outdoor and more traditional forms of advertising, then uh, we know in terms of high performers, that's only going to bring you about 9% of your high performers, actually roughly the same as internet job boards. But I would be out there because when I was out there, say, placing an ad um, or a poster somewhere, or I would be talking to people in the local community. So we've identified community sources where you'll find, more likely to find people that are more suited to care role, there's about 70 of them in, in any particular territory. So I would combine my kind of offline advertising with, with just simply talking to people and building relationships and networks. Uh, that, that would probably be... That's a good breakdown. And where would you, the community sources, what, what, what kind of places would, should they be investing their time out in the community? Okay, yeah, so, so recent research um, I've done, which has taken me five years, but we recently published it, was identified a, a massive chunk, uh, about 30% of all high performers, so that's a manager picking, Toby is my top performer, let's find out what was the experience that made him first join mm. social care in the paid care role. Yeah. The winner by a large margin is, is the fact that you have a brother or sister with a disability or you cared for mum or dad. Mm. So I need to go into the community and find people like you, and the places I would find you would be um, I would be sponsoring or partnering with my local hospice because I would get my staff along to the candlelit walks. To I need connecting yeah. to connect with the, the supporters group yeah. who have all cared for a loved one who's died. So they've got time, they know what care is, and they probably think, you know, well, I can't get a job now because I've been busy caring. That's a perfect experience for us. So I would be looking at them, I would be um, uh, outreach, uh, to doing outreach work to the uh, carers hub, you know, any informal carers, how can we help those people if you, yeah. if you get back? So that's one, and then there are many other places that you can that you can look at in the community that would identify people that have the right kinds of skills. So anyone volunteering, people who work in charity shops, who is giving their time, they're giving people. That's a good marker. So lots like that. Brilliant. I'm just going to touch on a previous point you talked about in terms of the time spent on social. Just to break that down a little bit, there's when it comes to Facebook specifically, there's you can break it down into three main strategies. One is your organic reach. Now the strategy usually was build up your Facebook following so that when you put in posts, all your followers see it. But Facebook changed their algorithm, we think it's because they wanna make a bit more money, so that now only a fraction of people will see your organic posts, although you're following them. So they want you to start putting some money behind your posts, and that's called boosted posts. That's the second way you can do it. Now, boosted posts is good because you can see a wide range of people, but marketeers tend to frown on boosted posts because there's no science behind it. It's just going out to any and everyone. 
Then the next level up, which is a bit more specific, is paid ads. Now that's where you can say, you can target people based on their job roles, you can get people who are in retail, who are between a particular age or in a particular demographic, who have an interest in particular things. And then you can do some really clever A-B testing. So I thought it would just be good to, to talk about that there. Now I'm gonna move the conversation on a little bit more and just talk more a bit of, in general about business. Now, you're back in the tech world. I you're, am. You're in the tech world with, with Care Friends. I am. Yes. Um, well, tell us a little bit about Care Friends and what. So what yeah, Care, Care Friends is an employee referral app mm. for social care, obviously, uh, and what that's doing is removing the friction from an employee referral, a manual process, and incentivizing using gamification. So points, point, a point typically would be a pound. So um, if I shared a job with you, I might get a point for it. If um, you came, for, if you expressed interest, you filled in the tiny application form, which is exactly what you described, mm. just contact details in the postcode, I might get two points for that, two pounds. If you came for interviews successful, I might get 10. And if you're hired, boom, you know, I get a big bonus, and maybe after three months I get more. So, so the idea is to maximise the efficiency and the effectiveness of an employee referral scheme. That's mm. what Care Friends does. And I know you probably will get those people who, you know, have their Nando's voucher and trying to, <laughs> who's really on the loyalty schemes, who are just going to literally go out and tell their friends, yeah. go and do this, refer this, refer this. So where did that come from? What made you think about it? So uh, last year, or maybe was it 2018, I was doing some work uh, helping the Department of Health and Social Care look at the first national recruitment campaign. And I felt, you know, of course that campaign has to be kind of what I would call an air war of Facebook posters, you know, big campaign stuff. But I felt actually the highest quality was coming, and we know this from research, coming from the employees themselves. So employee referrals is the number one source of staff, quality, not volume, around the world, always is. So I got thinking, can we up those numbers? And then I realised, hang on a minute, why are we doing bits of paper and a tatty old poster in the care home when we can make it digital? Yeah. And so that's where that uh, started, and it's been an interesting and painful journey so far. But we've been <laughs> So wearing your business hat, um, and I just want to actually have this conversation on, on this forum, is are there any tools that you use that makes your life easier, that you couldn't live without business tools? Oh yeah, I mean by far the number one for me would be Slack. Slack? Slack, yeah. So what is Slack, just for the people that don't know? So Slack is like a better version of email, I guess. You can, it's, it's a, a board which delivers conversations, so you can immediately see, and, and people can be tagged in, you can, people can be involved or not involved in, the, but you can, I can check back. So if I've been in a meeting or like today, I'll check my Slack afterwards and I can see what the team are talking about. Mm. And you know, you don't, whereas an email is kind of a, uh, a batch process. If yeah. you get an email, well, someone copied in, I have to tell this person, it's so disjointed. Slack is like a digital conversation mm. and um, it's pretty cool. Excellent, we're gonna link that in the show yeah, notes as sure. well. But we wanna talk about sort of the wider business conversation as well. Now, is there a business book you would recommend doesn't have to be, it could be saving social care, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, <I really> recommend. <laughs> is, there, is there a business book you'll recommend for anyone that's helped you in your business journey? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I obviously most recently I'm in the startup world and there are several really excellent startup books. Mm -hmm. 
um, that that uh, you 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 know you could pick from any number. Uh, I mean, an interesting one for us because we're looking at gamification and changing behaviour is one uh, called Nudge um, by uh, I think it's near Idal. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Gonna, we can put up the Bullet in there. Um, or no, hooked. Hooked, I think it's called, isn't it? Is that right? You, yeah, I think it's hooked. A nudge is another really interesting one, which is about changing behaviour at scale, changing the public's behaviour. So, so I'm in that world at the moment of, of psychology, and mm-hmm. um, what we need to do to make care friends a success is to enable the employers to tell their staff, because we don't do it, to download the app and here's why you want to do it. And so that is really important to me right now. Mm. And are there any learns, any gems you can talk about in terms of the influence to get? I yeah, get I mean, I think it's that. really so. In t- in terms of um, the incentives, often employers and I might present something in the context of of what's important to us, but it helps you think. Put yourself in the mind of the employee. Why should I bother doing this thing? Yeah. And it really focuses you on not saying too much stuff because people can't kind of cope with all of that. Single messages. Uh, and what's in it for me? Why should I bother? Yeah. And I think that also in everyone's so busy, so you know we have to be really tight with how we say things, what we say, and what's the ask. Yeah. And I think that gives me discipline to keep going back to that book. Brilliant. So hooked. It is on Amazon. We will put the link there. I will. That's yeah. actually um, so near near El. Hooked by near El. Thank you, yeah, yes. that's the one, that's the one, yeah, Brilliant. yellow book, yeah. Well, Neil, we'll love to have you on again, I'm just conscious of the time, um, is, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? So, yeah, I mean, you, anyone can email me at neil at carefriends.co.uk, and carefriends.co.uk is the main website, I have a website for the book, savingsocialcare.com, I have one for sticky people, uh, stickypeople.co.uk, but carefriends is the kind of focus at the moment, so carefriends.co.uk, people can get me, or on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, that's there. Perfect. Thanks, thanks again, Neil. That was really good. Toby even managed to mention Nando's. And I so I think that means he owes us a Nando's. But anyway, go thanks everyone for watching. Like always, everything will be in the show notes, uh, all Neil's handles on social media and his contact information, as well as these great resources that he's given us. And we will see you next time. See you next week.